Welcome to Opus Private Clients Wealth Style Podcast. All of the material discussed on our podcasts have specific themes, and that's to move your wealth and lifestyle forward, increase your purpose, and provide you with clarity and confidence. Opus's mantra is always forward. We have found that regardless of one's wealth, moving your lifestyle forward is the number one priority for our clients. On our podcasts, we'll share our rich 35 years of experience in designing strategies, share clients' experiences, and introduce resources that have positively impacted our clients. We trust that you will enjoy our direct, transparent, and realistic approach to positively impacting the quality of you and your family's lives. Now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Opus Wealth Style Podcast. My name is Yvonne Watanabe. I'm here with my partner, Evan Wall. Evan, what's going on, man? How are you? Doing great. Big day today. Yeah, excellent day. Excellent day. So we're really, really excited to have on um, somebody that's a rock star in the financial planning world for us, Tom Hegna. Tom is an economist and author, retired lieutenant colonel and retirement expert, um, and, and, and sort of considered by many to be the retirement income expert. So Tom, welcome to the podcast. We're very excited to have you on today. Thanks. Thanks. Great to be with you guys. Where are you joining from us today? Oh, I'm in Mesa, Arizona, and I'll be, I'll be uh, moving up to Flagstaff here this weekend. That's where we spend our summers up there where it's 75 instead of 125 down here. <laughs> Sounds a little better. Do you read every one of those books behind you? <laughs> yeah, well, I can tell you a story about that later off camera. Right. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, well, Tom. Again, we're we're super excited to have you on. As as I said, you know, you're kind of a rock star in our space. Um, we've used a lot of your insights and 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 books to sort of introduce concepts to our clients over the years. And so, what we thought we would do is just kind of kick off. You know, a little bit about you. Tell us a little bit about you, sort of how you've come to where you are today with writing all these important retirement income books. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm originally from a small town in Minnesota. I went to college at North Dakota State University on an Army ROTC scholarship. I was commissioned in the military. I spent six years active duty Army, 16 and a half years Army Reserve, retired as Lieutenant Colonel in the early 2000s. I was in the insurance industry for almost 30 years. I was with uh, MetLife for eight years. I was an agent, a manager, a national marketing manager for their VUL product. Then I went to New York Life. I spent 15 years at New York Life. I started out as an annuity wholesaler and then kind of worked my way up to be a senior executive officer in the company. And I was kind of, you know, on the forefront of their pushing retirement income. They, they were about 10 years ahead of the industry. And so back in the 80s and 90s, people were writing variable annuities. Those were the hot products. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm supposed to get advisors excited to write SPIAs and DIAs, you know, and we didn't have DIAs at the time, but SPIAs. And, and that's a pretty tough sell. But I, I did a lot of research into the white papers of Dr. David Babel, Dr. Moshe Malevsky, Dr. Menachem Yari, Dr. Michael Fink, and Dr. Wade Fallon. I learned so much about mortality credits and all these other things that nobody really knew about except in the academic world. Mm -hmm. But real people don't typically read academic white papers, but I did. Mm -hmm. And then I just kind of put that into English in the first book, Paychecks and Playchecks. And then for the PBS TV special, Don't Worry, Retire Happy, which is a little broader. Amazing. We had Dr. We had Dr. Wade Fowl on the <laughs> on the podcast, had a good conversation with him. But I agree, it's hard to get people, uh, especially clients, to read white papers. Got to tell some, tell some uh, entertaining stories around it. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that we thought we would just kind of kick the conversation off again, this is sort of about planning for, for retirement. We'd love for you to just set the stage a little bit about what you consider, what, how you define 
Tom Hagner defines a happy retirement? Yeah, so I think it's important that your audience knows I'm not just talking the talk, I walk the walk. I'm 75% retired, okay? I play golf four to five days a week. After this podcast, I'm going to go on and I'm going to play golf today too. So, I mean, I'm not just talking the talk, I'm walking the walk. And I've followed the steps that I laid out and don't worry, retire happy. There were seven simple steps. You know, step number one, you got to have a plan and you need to work with a financial professional. Retirement is not a do-it-yourself project. Mm -hmm. Step number two, you want to understand and maximize your social security benefits. Step three, consider a hybrid retirement. That's what I'm doing, where I do a little bit of work on the side. I didn't just go 100% cold turkey uh, into retirement. Step four, you've got to have a plan for inflation. You know, you you don't just want to have income for the rest of your life. You want to have increasing income for the rest of your life. Step number five is all about the importance of having a base level of guaranteed lifetime income. And the reason you want to do that is the research shows your portfolio will do better. If you have a little guaranteed lifetime income, the research shows you're likely to be happier if you have some guaranteed lifetime income. And now the research shows you're likely to live longer as well. And then step number six is you must have a plan for long-term care. That's the one thing most people forget about. They can wipe out their entire you know, life savings. And step number seven, use your home equity wisely. There are numerous ways to do that now. And then the most efficient way to pass wealth to children, grandchildren, and charities is with life insurance. I always tell people, don't leave your kids any money. You're supposed to spend your money. Mm-hmm. Leave them life insurance because <laughs> you can do that for pennies on the dollar. So that's really, you know, and, and I, I live every one of those steps. So, you know, I don't sell annuities. I own 11 of them. I don't sell life insurance, but my annual premium is 226000 a year. So I'm serious about these products. I've incorporated them into my own retirement. And they're helping me uh, tremendously. Yeah. And you, you you mentioned sort of consider having a hybrid retirement working, not working. Is that one of the things that you've seen sort of create happiness for folks as they're, as they're in retirement when you did your research? Yeah. So part of happy retirement is having a purpose in your life. If all of a sudden your purpose was your job and, and your whole self-worth was around your job and now you don't have your job, those people get depressed and they die early. You know, you still... So, so maybe you volunteer someplace or maybe you get involved with, um, you know, some type of uh, youth thing and help younger people or, or, or you're a marshal on a golf course two days a week so you can play free for the other five days a week. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can do it, but you need to stay socially engaged and you need to have a purpose in your life. And it never hurts to either do a job voluntarily or do something for a little extra money on the side. That never hurts anybody. Um, you mentioned... Uh... There's a ton in there, but uh, in a very short period of time. But you mentioned guaranteed income. Research has shown has uh, had makes people uh, generally more happier and live longer. What do you think's behind that? Why is that? Well, I mean, I think the best article that's ever been written on that was Patrick Tricker. He wrote an article in the Journal for Financial Service Professionals, and and he found that in America. The average 65-year-old male who purchases a lifetime income annuity can expect to live about 20% longer than a 65-year-old male who does not. And he explained in the article why people with guaranteed income tend to live longer. It's not a promise that you're going to live longer, but in general, 100 people with guaranteed income tend to live longer than 100 people who don't have guaranteed lifetime income. And a lot of it has to do with they don't have the stress. They don't worry. If the market's down 40%, they go play another 18 holes of golf with their buddies. They're not worried about the market. And because when you have guaranteed income, you're being paid to live. Guess what? Many people choose to live differently. They watch what they eat. They exercise. They call the doctor and not feeling mm-hmm. well. And all these little things tend to cause people to live longer. And I also say, you know, to advisors, who are your happiest 
uh, retired clients. I'll bet it's your retired teachers, retired nurses, retired firefighters, retired police officers, retired military, people with pensions. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. study after study after study has shown people who have pensions are much happier in retirement than people who don't have pensions. So happiness in retirement is tied to almost 100% to guaranteed lifetime income, not assets. The most miserable people in retirement have assets because they're losing money over here. They're losing money over here. They don't dare spend that. They don't dare spend that. What if I run out of money? What if this happens? What? They, they, they just worry too much and they never enjoy their retirement. And the guaranteed lifetime income can free you up because you know those checks are coming every single month. As long as you're breathing, those checks are coming. And so then you can it gives you a license to spend your money. But if you don't have these checks coming in, how do you ever dare spend your money? You don't know how long you're going to live. You don't know what the market's going to do. You don't know what interest rates are going to do. You don't know what inflation is going to be. You don't know where taxes are going to go. So you got to live this just in case. So you don't touch your money just in case, just in case, just in case. You know, I used to have people do that all the time. And I say, wait a minute, you told me when you retire, you're going to join the country club. You're going to buy a new boat. You're going to go see the world. Oh, but the market's so volatile. Interest rates are low. And so they don't touch their money. They don't touch their money. They don't touch their money. Then they die. <laughs> what happens to money? Goes to the kids. What are the kids doing? Oh, they join the country club. They buy a new boat. They go see the world. Good for that. And I'm trying to tell people, no, I want you to join the country club. I want mm-hmm. you to see the world. I don't want you to live that just in case retirement. And it's people with assets who live that just-in-case retirement. People with income actually go out and enjoy their lives. Yeah, My parents are retired on teacher's pensions, and I'll tell you what, they make retirement look pretty darn fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I tell you, it's it's interesting, right? Because a lot of folks don't have pensions these days, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, especially those that are working in the corporate space, you know, they're they're basically non-existent. So, um, you know, we've had to have the conversations around how do you create an individualized pension, which is basically what an annuity is. And so... But for some reason, you know, annuities tend to invoke this kind of response for people because of, you know, who knows what. Can you speak to a little bit around that? You know, why? Well, think- I think that's going away. I mean, every year now, annuity sales are having record years. And I think people have learned uh, that most annuities are not even feed products. You know, the, the big knock on annuities, oh, they have high fees. Well, variable right. annuities have high, high fees. Why? Because they're protecting you against losing money in the stock market. That ain't cheap. Okay. But a single premium media annuity is not a feed product. A deferred income annuity is not a fee product. Multi-year guarantee annuity is not a fee product. A base fixed indexed annuity is not a fee product. Most RILAs, registered index linked annuities, aren't fee products. And so, you know, there's really only optional riders that have fees and then variable annuities that have fees. So there's, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I think, I think you're seeing that more and more people are realizing that you have to have some guaranteed income in your portfolio because the way that that income annuity, remember the income annuity doesn't have the fees. The income annuity, the way it functions in a portfolio, it functions like a triple A rated bond because it's guaranteed every single month that you're breathing in that check is coming. But it's got a much higher triple C rated yield. The payout rate on these annuities is much higher than what you're going to get from a money market fund or a CD or, or a government bond with zero standard deviation. It doesn't have that interest rate risk. Look at what happened with Silicon Valley Bank. They didn't own any bad investments. It, that's not why they went under. They owned U.S. government bonds, the safest investment in the world. So what happened? Well, they bought a bunch of bonds when interest rates were 1%. Mm-hmm. Well, now interest rates are at 5%. So what happened to the value of that 1% bond? It went down 80%. 80%. Now, if they hold the bond for the whole time, they don't lose any money. But people mm-hmm. saw the losses on their balance sheet. They said, I want my money. $40 billion goes out the door in four hours. And that's what happened. Uh, at Silicon Valley Bank. And so annuities do not have that interest rate risk. 
And, you know, many banks own a lot of whole life insurance. They own life insurance on their books. And and I was saying, I bet a bunch of those banks wish they had a lot more whole life insurance on their books instead of bonds because the, the whole life policy didn't go down in value either when interest rates went up and neither did the annuities. So, so that's where I think the annuities and life insurance have a big advantage over traditional investments like bonds. Can you speak to uh, Wade Fow talks about... Uh one of the the main benefits of uh, something like an income annuity or I think annuities in general is uh, mortality credits. Yeah. Can you, can you speak so, to just kind of simplify that, what, that concept for people? Yeah. So every check you get from an insurance company in the form of an income annuity is composed of three parts. Part number one is principal. Well, anybody can give you principal. Part number two is interest or investment gain. Well, anybody can give you interest or investment gain, but part number three, is the secret sauce of the annuity that you can't get from stocks or bonds or real estate or Bitcoin, the mortality credits. That's the extra money from the risk pool, the older you are and the longer you live. You see, the insurance company doesn't know when you're going to die and they don't know when I'm going to die. But they know when a thousand people like us will die almost to the exact day. And because of that, they can pay each and every person as though they knew exactly when they're going to die because each and every person in that risk pool will get a check until the day they die. Well, some people die early. Some people live longer. And what happens with an income annuity, the, the people who die early, some of that money goes to the people who live longer. That's mm -hmm. called mortality credits. Mm -hmm. Now, if people say, well, I don't want my money to disappear when I die, they don't have to. You can put a guarantee on it, okay? You're still going to get some mortality credits. You're not going to get as many as somebody who just says, hey, I'm willing to just go with the go with the flow and go with the risk. Um, and but, but it's these mortality credits. And so I tell a simple story. Every year, there were five 90-year-old ladies who went on vacation. One year, one lady said, hey, let's each put 100 bucks in this mason jar. We'll seal up the jar. And next year, we're going to go on vacation. We'll bring the jar with us. And those of us still alive, we'll open the jar and we'll split the money. They said, Helen, that is a great idea. So you got five 90-year-old ladies. They each put 100 bucks in the jar. And they sealed up the jar. Well, what happened the next year? <laughs> they forgot where they put the jar. No, no, I just made that one up. No, unfortunately, one lady's died. So now four ladies open up the jar. They split the $500. They each get $125. Now, that was a 25% rate of return in 12 months. How much of that money was put in the stock market? Zero. What interest rate did they earn in that, in that jar? Zero. How they get paid 25% with no money in the market or no interest rate is because they got paid mortality credits. Mm -hmm. So ladies look at this. They look at the brokerage account. They said, this is a pretty good deal. I think we ought to put it back in the jar and do it again. So they decided to let it ride. The next year, one more lady died. So now three ladies split the $500. They each get $167. That was a 67% return in two years. No money in the market, no interest rate. Why? Because of mortality credits. And as I said, you don't have to have the money disappear when you die. You can do a joint life with your spouse. You can do a joint life with your five-year-old granddaughter. These things can pay for 100 years. But you make the most mortality credits by the older you are, the longer you live, and the fewer guarantees you put on the death benefit. That, that gets you the, the most mortality credits. You talked about uh, your five-year-old granddaughter. So we always are preaching, you want to start planning early, planning for general life planning, but retirement income planning is the topic of the day. So is there an age, a time period where you think retirement income planning in general, you want to start as early as possible, but in terms of embedding uh, guaranteed income into your life, when, when do you recommend typically starting something like that? 
Well, just remember, annuity money is for money you really want after age 59 and a half. There can be ways to get it out prior to 59 and a half without a penalty. I don't want to get into that complication. Annuity money is typically for retirement. Just know that. It's not for the down payment on your first house. It's not for your kid's college education. It's for your retirement. And so any money that is dedicated towards retirement, that's money that could be eligible to be going to an annuity. Now, most companies on deferred income annuities, that's where you buy it today and start it. Most of them will defer it out to about 40 years, some a little less, some a little more. So that would just tell you, you know, somebody who's 25 could buy an annuity that would start when they're 65. You know, I mean, they could mm-hmm. do that. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that a bunch of 25-year-olds will do that, but the payout rate would be incredibly high. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be huge, mm-hmm. you know. So, uh, you know, but it really annuities and income annuities are really mainly for retirement. There are some other potential uses, but mainly for retirement. Gotcha. And and so, Tom, you, you went through some of the different stages in your book. I'm curious to just to hear a little bit more about when you're working with retirees, like how do, you, how do you recommend people go about finding this purpose that you spoke of earlier around their, their retirements? Well, you know, look, everybody's got something that they're good at and something that they like to do. Okay. And, and those are really the two things. You want to find something that you're pretty good at or that you want to get better at. Because I know some people who said, geez, I've never learned to play the piano. I want to do that. And they dedicate them to learn to play the piano. That that gives them purpose, right? Um, but, you know, for me, I'm a golfer and I and I'm played pickleball. And so I, you know, and I'm competitive. And so I got purpose. And I had, I just shot my best round of the year or the, of the winter here um, yesterday. And so, you know, bad thing is my handicap goes down. Good thing is, you know, Sorry. came in first place. And, and, but, it, but it's a lot of fun. So, so you got to find something that that makes you get out of bed in the morning. And with some people like to serve others. Some people like to work at the food bank. Some people like to to deliver meals to the elderly. And, and then they can have social life too. I don't I don't care what you know what people do, but they just need to find something to get them to remain socially active and kind of have a purpose in that they're contributing to society in the world. That's great. I, I you know it, it, I think it goes a lot back to sort of your your book paycheck paychecks and playchecks. When we think about that additional money that's available, right? If you have the the premise essentially is if I've in it, correct me if you, you want to add anything to it, but it's essentially to take care of your necessities through the paychecks, through that guaranteed income. And then all the other assets that you have available can be used for all of the other things, you know, to stack on top, right? To provide the vacations or the lifestyle. Can you speak a little bit more towards that as well? Yeah. So, so what the research is all is totally clear on is that people should cover their basic living expenses in retirement with guaranteed lifetime income. So, you know, social security counts because it's a lifetime income annuity, a pension counts because it's a lifetime income annuity, but whatever you're short from social security or pension, that's where the income annuity fits to at least cover those basic living expenses. But then beyond that, I own dividend paying stocks. I own real estate. I own other things. I don't have all my money in annuities or life insurance. I have my money broadly diversified. I even own just a teeny bit of Bitcoin. So, I mean, I, there's, I have a very diversified portfolio, okay? But all of my basic living expenses are covered with guaranteed lifetime income. And I even have some play checks that are covered with guaranteed lifetime incomes. I want to be able to play even in the bad years, not just the good years. So, you know, but yeah, you got that right. That's excellent. So, Tom, are you working on any other books? You know, you mentioned, I think, on, you know, in, the, in our pre-call that you were working on something. What's the name of the book and what's the what's the general sort of idea? Yeah, so the name of the book is going to be Tom Agnes, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Because what, what I've done is, you know, I've, all my other books have been for baby boomers, really. 
But I, I wanted to do something for Generation X, Y, Z, millennials on, on helping them build wealth. And I show in this book how very simple, I'm not saying easy, but how very simple it is in America today to become a millionaire. And, you know, and for those people who say, well, a million dollars today isn't what it used to be. That's correct. But you have to get your first million before you get your second. And the first million is always the hardest million. So th this just shows people how simple it is just by making just one or two minor changes to their the, to their spending habits, really, uh, and their saving habits that that it, it's it's pretty simple to become pretty wealthy in America today. Mm, so that's what that book is about. Can you speak to the the changes in the annuity industry over the last five years? What what have you seen in terms of changes and maybe where you, where you think it may be heading? Well, I've seen less usage of variable annuities. More companies have gone into those RILAs that are like registered. That's because the fees like, versus They're no kind of like a, a variable annuity and a fixed index annuity and you mash them together and there's some, you know, there's a buffer and there, you know, mm -hmm. there's, there's different things. So you have different levels of guarantees. But the nice thing is those RILAs uh, typically don't have fees that the variable mm -hmm. annuities do. So that, that's where that one fits. And then fixed index annuities have just been going crazy. There's new all kinds of new stuff in that market. And then MIGAS, for the first time in probably, what, 15 years, you got uh, multi-year guarantee annuities that are paying over 5%. And so those are being very popular as well. So I think, I think on the fixed side, the fixed index annuity side, and then the income annuity side, and then the RILAs, that, that's kind of what's going on out there in the market. So the interest rate environment, I imagine, has a big impact on what companies are willing to pay and interest rate locks or you know, returns. Yeah. yeah, you pretty much watch the 10-year bond, and that's going to tell you, you know, if rates are going up or down on annuities and life insurance and things, because they, they pretty much calculate things off of the 10-year. Hmm. That's great. Well, Tom, you know, as we sort of wrap up, are there any, you know, one or two things that you really want to make sure that the listening audience kind of leaves and takes away from today? Well, I think if if there are consumers on the on the podcast, you know, I think it's so important to work with a financial profession. I, I just don't think, you know, you don't do your own dental work in your garage with your drill <laughs> set. And I don't think you ought to be doing your own retirement planning either. And And for the advisors out there, I would just say, you know, really know what you sell. I mean, there, I, the problem I see is there are some advisors out there selling things they don't know what they're selling. And so know your product inside and out. Know what's guaranteed. Knows what's not guaranteed. Knows what know what the fees are. Know where the fees aren't. And 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 speak accurately to your to your clients. That's so those would be my two two bits of advice. Yeah, I appreciate that. And and Tom, for those who want to know, learn a little bit more about you and in your books, where can they find out more more info on you? I, I'm pretty easy to find. Uh, my books are on Amazon. Uh, you can also go to tomhegna.com. And for any advisors out there, I've got uh, like six or seven free webinars, and these are loaded with great content. You just go to tomhegna.com forward slash webinars. Tomhegna.com forward slash webinars. They're free. You don't need a credit card. And I also have a free YouTube channel that's loaded with stuff. So those would be some places to go just to check it out. Great. And we value your you being on the podcast. And, and again, we just find your books to be incredibly valuable in terms of retirement planning. So what we're going to do for the listening audience is the first 10 uh, individuals that either ping Evan or myself via LinkedIn or, or, any, or email us, we'll send over a free copy of one of Tom's books. Tom, again, we really, really appreciate you being on, sharing your expertise and your insights around retirement income. And, um, and to you, the listening audience, thanks for tuning in. Again, as, uh, make sure to click subscribe below so that when a new episode is out, uh, you'll be notified. Thank you so much, fellas. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Style Podcast. 
click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is intended for general public use. Tom Henga and his firm are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS, Guardian, or Opus Private Client, and opinions stated are their own. Links to external sites are provided for your convenience in locating related information and services. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees expressly disclaimed any responsibility for and do not maintain, control, recommend, or endorse third-party sites, organizations, products, or services, and make no representation as to the completeness, suitability, or quality thereof. By providing this content, Park Avenue Securities LLC and your financial representative are not undertaking to provide investment advice or make recommendations for a specific individual or situation, or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Annuities are long-term investment vehicles designed to help investors save for retirement and involve certain contract limitations, fees, expenses, risks, and costs. Some annuities may be subject to loss of principal invested. The investment return and principal value may fluctuate so that the investment, when redeemed, may be worth more or less than the original cost. As with many investments, there are fees, expenses, costs, and risks associated with these contracts. All guarantees, including the death benefit payments, are dependent upon the claims paying ability of the issuing company and do not apply to the investment performance of the underlying funds in a variable annuity. Consult with your representative and refer to an annuity illustration for more information about a particular contract. Yvonne Watanabe and Evan Wool are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities LLC PAS. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS member FINRA SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Opus Private Client LLC is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. Opus Private Client LLC is not registered in any state or with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission as a registered investment advisor. Yvonne's California Insurance License Number 0H44206. Evans' California Insurance License Number 0H04936. Compliance Approval 2023-155047 expires June of 2025.